up, bitches! <laughs> What's media training? Media training is where you get people ready to be on TV. You get them prepared for both print and broadcast opportunities. Have you ever had to do like the 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 Joey from Friends, like when he was training people to be on soap operas, or like some of you are going to have to be a lot more attractive? <laughs> <laughs> we don't get that harsh. <laughs> or at least you send out um, an email. Right, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> Uh, no, it, there's like definitely a series of it, but we work like within a mock studio. We, you know, go through uh, best practices, et cetera, because I think it's I think people think it's a lot easier than it is sometimes to be an interviewee. And oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Like and when they jump into it, then they either freeze up or they uh, say things they'll regret or they're not quite, you know. Well, you know what? I Personally, this is what I think it is, because I've seen this with a lot of things. Holy shit, lady. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that wasn't to me. <laughs> no, no, no. So, well, we might as well just kind of unpack all this now. So Alex Stokes is the guest today. Alex Stokes went and I guess just put a, a, a massive text message to all contacts and they all came over today. <laughs> so there's a couple other people, which I am completely fine with. I, I even told you, I don't yes. know why more people don't do this. You did. You it's did. a fun thing to do. And I'm so, so grateful that I have a, a little tribe here with me to uh, oh, yeah. shield me. from. <laughs> I actually, I'm more, I'm more happy that one of your friends like dropped her code. was like, Oh my God. Like this isn't that good of a podcast. <laughs> And she's near a mic, though. I mean, I'm sure it's off. I turned but, it off. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As soon as, she, as soon as she started offering people tequila, I was just like, maybe I'll turn that mic off. <laughs> abundance of caution. Yes, abundance. Um, so, Alex, thank yes. you for coming. Thank you for having everyone me. you've ever met. Of course. Um, <laughs> where are you coming more from? More were meant to come, so I'm so, oh, next cool. time. Where are you coming? Yeah, the, the only people not here are people that actually live in this house. <laughs> like, my wife's not here. That's true. <laughs> We, we've outnumbered your family. So. Oh, yeah. She's going to like show up later and be like, I thought you were doing a podcast. I'm like, I was. Yes. She's like, why is everyone so drunk? And why are there seven of you? There, it's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Oh, yeah. Like you showed up. You're like, hey, thanks. And then I, oh, my God. I just the, loved your face when you saw Lauren, which Well, I saw her in the in the house. I started walking out to meet I you. Know. And then I saw Lauren. You freaked car. out. Yeah. Lauren shows up, too. That was a happy What face. a treat. <laughs> I actually she think, is. She I think she's is. actually trying to rival Ken Schneck for the most appearances, though. Because Ken, I met Ken like two. I don't know if you know Ken. Not well. Okay. Well, I do because he just keeps showing up. <laughs> uh, but Ken, like Ken, I had him on January of 2021. Okay. And I think he's been on like 15 times since. He also wow. does all the live shows with me, too. Okay. Because we just got along. So, and he just is just, and when I had a kid, I mean, he's telling people he had a kid. He's oh, just okay. like, oh, me and Joe's son. Like he just he's he's included himself, and you know what? Cameron is a big fan of that. So he, he, is he really family. likes all the time. Yeah, I love that. Okay. But Lauren is very. She's, Lauren, she's a close Lauren, second. Lauren's trying to catch up. She's like, I want to see how many times I get in this guy's house. <laughs> well, she's doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, she is. Oh, where are you coming from? Because you're you're. I'm Lakewood. Yeah. So nice. Uh, Birdtown girl now, which is kind of 
uh, fun to say. We've been in the area for about a year. Uh, came from downtown. Lived there the whole time I was in. I've been in Cleveland except for now. So well, I like Lakewood a lot. Wait, didn't you live in Alabama for a while? Yes, that was in between Cleveland. Okay. Um, yeah. So I came to Cleveland in 2017 as an intern at Fox 8, and then I went to Alabama for my first on-air news job. That was in Huntsville, or Huntsville, excuse me. And uh, then we came back up to Cleveland in September of 19. Okay. And I've been here since. Yeah, when I found out you moved to a place I'd never heard of, I was like, that's great. I had (laughs) never heard of it either. But now I meet so many people who either, you know, have gone to space camp down there or know of it. Yeah, that's where space camp is. Is it Huntsville? Yes, it is. I guess rent's really low down there, huh? (laughs) Uh, it, it was. I mean, it's now the largest city in Alabama. It has surpassed Birmingham. And it's where NASA's uh, Marshall Flight Center is, where Von Braun, who created the rockets, and there's a show on uh, Apple TV called For All Mankind, which kind of takes a spin on what would happen if the Russians landed on the moon first. Um, but they they talk about Huntsville. They talk about Von Braun. He's an, a character in it. And so it's like definitely a big space city that's what they land a lot or you know put a lot of their tourism on and then we'll, there's also a military base so it's very different from the rest of Alabama fuck because I was I feel like an asshole now because I was like what a stupid city <laughs> and it turns out it's far better than anything I've ever done in my most life most PhDs per capita in the country what yes fuck it's wild well you know I guess as we're talking about other people that are doing way better than me let's focus on you <laughs> oh, gosh. um I honestly I don't need it just how I just kind of stumbled upon you in general is because actually, because I know that you knew Lauren and I think I just started following you and I was like, yeah, be I a thought cool you one. said you know we were friends. I did. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I knew that you followed each other. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. But it, but then like, I didn't know you guys were actually friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because Very I close. do. I come, I come across a lot of guests that way because I'm like, cause I, I yeah. you know, sometimes like I get a little worried. It's never happened to me. Um, where someone shows up and they suck, you know? And, but it's always been a worry. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going into these cold and I don't know anybody. Yeah. You know, I'm meeting them when they show up for the most part, with the exception of there are some that I actually, like Andre Not, I've known him since fourth grade. You know, like we grew up together in Akron. That's like cool. I, I, you know, but very few people I actually have that background with. I'm meeting them for the first time. And, and how much can you really tell from their social media profile? Almost and nothing. That's how you're... Scouting yeah. most people, like right? I know exactly. Yeah. Like I know what they do. I kind of I look at some of the the, the photos and stories, but I, I do take a look at who is following them mm-hmm. because I do have a lot of guests, and I'm like, okay, so you know, I, I like I trust when like a guest will tell me you should talk to this person. Like I don't even have to really. I'm like, yeah, great, leave my number. I'll have like because cool. if I know that person, I know they're not gonna you know do me wrong there. Um, but I also look at who's following them as well. So right. I saw Lauren, I saw some other people that I knew and had been got some like, okay, how bad can she be? <laughs> then I started looking into you. Oh, and uh you're not bad, you're annoyingly good. <laughs> like you. you have so you're if I'm trying to remember all this. So your grandfather was a congressman? That was correct. Okay. Your both your parents are anchors? That's correct. Well <sighs> my dad's a reporter, but yes, they're both in news. Yes. Better than my parents. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yes, but they, okay, you're two for I don't know how many. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, well, so that's three, and then oh, okay, yes, sorry, yeah. Fine. So, so first, like, I mean, as far as like going into TV, whether you do it briefly or not, yeah. I mean, I was kind of, you kind of had to, right? You yeah. weren't going to be like, I want to get into karate. <laughs> like, they were going to be like, that's a cute story. What station are you going to go to? So it's really funny because when you have parents who are both 
I, I can't obviously say this for every uh, profession, but at least for journalism, when you have parents who are both in journalism, that's the last thing they want you to go into. Really? Yes. Um, and I think especially as we see journalism evolve uh, from what they had first gotten into to what it is now, um, there's definitely a, a question I think they were asking of like, is is she going to get the most out of this that we did? Is this yeah. going to be the way that, um, you know, we see her thriving in this environment? And so at first I was like also vehemently against it because you don't want to be compared to your parents either, right? Like you have these two people who've been so successful and are in the top market in the country where you're like, where does that put me and what do I have to live up to? So it definitely was pressure and there never was pressure from them to go into it. But um, I did oddly end up in it. And it's funny because it's not just my mom and dad, but my uncle happens to be an anchor in Detroit. And then my great uncle, who was also the mayor of Cleveland, ended up uh, becoming the first black anchor on primetime in New York right after he stopped uh, his tenure as mayor. I legitimately it's like. Weird. I would love to go to like like a family event of yours, <laughs> and then go to a family event of mine. Because like I, our family <laughs> events, we're arguing over basketball games from the eighties still. I probably like we not. haven't even like your. <laughs> I'm sure yours are awesome. I mean, ours. No, they're not. <laughs> they're they're depressing. <laughs> we all just sit around. It's like God. None of us did anything. That's a real bummer. I, you have a podcast. I mean, that's I have a podcast. Huge. I have Wi-Fi and a laptop. <laughs> that's essentially everyone has a podcast. They just have to upload it. You know? <laughs> I think more people need to realize the that you know they can do things like this and make no, no, they really can. Sure. I think it's a. It, it is cool. It is cool. It, it, it's a fun thing to do, and it's not hard. I think I know a lot of people that have started podcasts. I've even tried to start other ones with people. And I think people with podcasting, because it is a fun, cool thing to do, mm -hmm. um, but you have to kind of, you start, you do like three or four or five episodes, but there's like episode six to 20 where you're like, why am I not famous? And I think people struggle with it where you kind of have to put your head down and push through. And then you have to really kind of stick with, you also have to like it. That's you know, true. I've had other podcasts um, that have reached out to me that I know and I, I, I one particular and they were really, really nice. And they're like, um, I'm kind of like I'm fading. I don't know if I'm into it. I'm like, stop, stop doing it. Is it paying your bills? Mm -hmm. No, stop doing it. If you're not enjoying like I make some money doing this, but this is like a side hustle where I can make some extra cash that my son can then eat up very, very quickly in but a day. But I, I hear you. <laughs> like if you're forcing it. Your audience yeah, isn't going to like it either. They're going to yeah. tell. But I, I'm curious, when you first started, how how much did you have to have ready down the pipeline to be like, okay, I have enough to keep putting out consistently where I'm not lagging and losing my audience? Great question. Um, it's very different than when I started. So when I started, there have been almost like three iterations of this, and I'm kind of the only consistent part. So first it was me and a friend that started because we started a podcast. The reason everyone starts a podcast, we thought we were funny. And we're not. And we did a bunch of podcasts and nobody was listening. So as on a whim, we had a guest. And I really liked having a guest. But we weren't doing it as much. And then, you know, the guy that I started with, he kind of moved off because he had some fans. He just, he, you know, stuff gets in the way. You're just not able to do it. Um, and then I started doing this with a, a comedian friend of mine who was a guest. And he and I got along really well. He did, like, a lot of episodes with me. And that's when we started getting into just guest heavy. And that's what I really, really, really liked. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is now. 
Um, but you're right. You do have to kind of plan it. The hardest thing about this is just the scheduling. Yeah. That that's that's like this part's easy. It's just, it, well, and I, when I say easy, if you listen like like my third episode, it's horrible. I'm so bad. You know, you have to kind of get used to it. But you have to like talking to people. You yes. have to be comfortable talking to people, and you kind of have to be willing to talk to people that you don't necessarily not that you don't agree with, but are different than you. Sure. And that's like nowadays, that's a little harder. I think a lot of people really like. You know, I was listening to James Carville the other day talk about like we were talking about the upcoming uh-huh. election, and. Uh, and he, and I think a lot of people agreed, you know, he's a lifelong Democrat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he said, we're we're essentially getting to the point where we're going to have a, just a tie one day. Because most people only talk, like, I know people on both sides. I know people in the middle. And the people that are on kind of like a, a hardcore left or right or blue, red, whatever you want to call it, they only talk to other people that are like them. And that's why they're all... For lack of a better term, they're all kind of misinformed, borderline right. stupid because they don't want to hear anything that's that's that they're not used to or, or even uncomfortable to them to hear. That's why his marriage is always so interesting. I, oh, I do love no. that. I mean, and that's why I yeah. listen when he talks because he's literally married yep. to a Republican <laughs> for 30-something years. It's amazing. And the thing that people ask him all the time is, how do you guys make that work? And he's like, well, for one thing, we're not political animals like you guys. We're in politics, mm-hmm. but we don't hate each other for thinking differently. And they have the ability to have discussions. They might, at the end of the day, agree but or disagree. But that doesn't mean when you disagree like all right i disagree with you that means we will never speak on any other topic ever again and i've had a lot of you know different people on here like musicians and comics and you'd be surprised some of them are are all over the place some of them are most of them are very middle of the road Mm -hmm. they're like i like this and i hate this yeah or i'm a big fan of this or like you know i'm nine out of ten this side one i don't like this but i don't talk about this one thing because those other nine are just going to keep me on the side that i kind of (laughs) like you know it's it's a lot of wild stuff yeah and i think even beyond politics though to your point like this is why podcasts are cool and helpful to society overall is because it's the longest we sit down and talk to each other nowadays where it's either talking to each other through social media and in you know small bites and things where we're not completely understanding each other or um you know we do do, especially with after the pandemic like how many times like this is really great to be able to see that you have episodes almost two hours long or more of just talking to people and getting to know them because we don't do that. And to your point, you have to be very versatile to talk to people from all kinds of walks of life. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, you can't. Re- I don't think you can get to know somebody and you know, like and, well, and you know, for like things that you have to do or like take uh, people on the radio. Yep. You know, you you can't or even the segment. Like if you watch like a news segment. Mm-hmm. Not like things that you've done in the past, but like, you know, the four corner news segments with four people just yelling at each other for six minutes. Yep. Like you can't, you can't get your point across. You can lie. Quite frankly, you can. Mm-hmm. Or you can say something incredibly misleading because no one's going to fact check that in the four minutes before a commercial has to come on. Right. So that's why I've always kind of gravitated to formats like this because you can, one, you can get to know somebody, you can get to know their personality, and you can start coming back to other things that you discussed 20 minutes ago, and all of a sudden you're right back to it again. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of why I do like it. Um, and, yeah, I've had, like, three-hour ones. <laughs> that's where I'm amazing. Like, yeah, it is. My wife hates it. But, like, <laughs> she's like, will you get that guy out of my fucking house? But... You, you can't like even in two hours, you can't really get to know somebody, but you certainly sure. can do it better in seven minutes. Absolutely. At least you're starting the conversation. You're starting to, you know, touch territories that maybe you wouldn't normally in a 
very quick, easy meetings. Yeah. Also, why I encourage booze because you know then uh, all of a sudden uh, <laughs> it all hey, opens. Hey, floodgates are open. Hey, look what we're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, thank you for bringing booze. Yes, of course. A um, lot of booze. <laughs> From from ever, my whole posse, I suppose. Everyone you know, not only did you invite everyone you know, everyone you brought booze. Yes. <laughs> We're I very just, hospitable. Well, you're hospitable to have us, but we like to return the favor. Oh, this is, for me, this is, I'm like, someone just sits around and like has drinks and we just kind of bullshit. I don't know how, why anyone doesn't like doing this. I mean, it feels like the dream job. So. Yeah, it is. It is kind <laughs> I know of. you said, it's hot, said side hustle, but... It is a side hustle. If, if I could turn this into like a full time, that'd be amazing. Yes. But I just don't see it happening. It's well, it's it's oversaturated. Well, did I hear um, you would you you are playing with doing um, filmed versions of the podcast too? Yeah, and you know what? It's it's a lot of times that I don't, and I've had a lot of people on. I've had a lot of people that are on TV, and a lot of them say, "I'm so glad you don't have video." A lot of people don't want video stuff is really good for like promoting the podcast. I've never really watched like an hour and a half podcast. You can't. No, it's what kind, of, what kind of time do you have? Yeah. Also, most people don't. I don't like it. I mean, yeah. I don't. I look weird. <laughs> I feel like it would really discourage people from. I vehemently disagree, but I hear what you're saying 100%. Some I people, mean... they're just like, no, I, I don't. I've had a lot of people that have been like, no, actually, I don't care that you don't have video because. I don't really. Yeah. I don't want to be recorded. Yeah. I, I don't want. To, I don't want to. I like to just kind of chill out and just. Some people like you talk about being comfortable. Some people are comfortable just being like sitting around. I've had people for, on TV, sports news analysts that come on here and they're like, I just came over here in my sweats because I don't want to think about what I'm wearing. Right. Yeah. Right. They want to be comfortable and it helps them to open up too. Yes, so. it does. I I get that for sure. But uh, I there is going to be. I'm I'm kind of messing with it right now. Uh, to give people the option. Mm. Um, it's kind of like the next, I think, logical, I think, step I have to take. Yeah. But I don't know. It's been okay without it. I haven't really had, you know, issues like getting people. I haven't had issues at all getting guests. Um, really, and I'm not bragging. It's just I, I'm, I'm the reason I've been able to get guests easy mm -hmm. is because I've had so many good guests. Yeah. Like yeah, now you have they're a great lineup. Like you talk about like you know you know like like finding you. I mean, a lot of people will like you know when I reach out to them, they're like, hey, you've had three people on that I know. Right. So it kind of makes that part a little bit easier. Yeah, you've established your reputation far and beyond. And you obviously it's great that I have a friend who's done this podcast, a very close friend, and has uh, done it multiple times. So yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely uh, helps when you're Lauren's done a live one. Yourself. She was amazing live. Yes. Somehow <laughs> Lauren is better live That's so than cool. she is. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I meant to, we both had um, meant to come watch her, but. Timing was just uh, not great, but we'll come to the next one she does, for sure. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sure she doesn't hold a grudge. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no. God. No. God, no. <laughs> yeah, like the in the live ones. Well, in the live ones are just the same. Like Lauren is a, is a great example of, you know, somebody that uh, is comfortable in front of like a yes. live audience, too. Yeah. That was a little bit harder to do because I've had plenty of guests, but some are like, I, I have people like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk in front of like 70, 80. I mean, there were, I don't know, 85, 90 people at the last one. Like, that's kind of nerve wracking. I mean, that's nerve wracking for me, but some people like hard pass. I'd rather just sit in a, in a, in a very dangerous looking basement. And uh, for some reason, that's the part I'm comfortable with. I, I, I will say the decoration is, is lovely. You've certainly made it cozy. I, it's not that dangerous. Well, it's looking. very obvious that this is the only room in the house that I'm allowed to decorate. <laughs> 
everything else. I love the, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree moment and all that. We yeah. had that in like she's like, should we get rid of it? I'm like, I'll take it. I'll and take then, it to the basement. I'm like, I don't know why it works. <laughs> but I, I think to your point, um, that is interesting. And I always find it fascinating people who do really well in front of equipment and people who do really well in front of people. And those who can only do one or the other. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. Because, yes, there are some people who are good at public speaking no matter what, can do it to a camera, can do it to, to an audience. But um, I think it's definitely just mindset. If you're thinking, oh, all these people are physically here versus I can't see them. Like I think that's a microphone. personality trait. I, I mm-hmm. think you can get better at it. Yeah. But I don't think that – I just don't think that, you know, someone that was terrified all of a sudden like a year of like – I don't know, YouTube training, they're like, or something that's actually effective training, uh, can do that. I, I just don't. I, I think some people get in front of it and just don't see the big deal, and other people get in front of it and they only see it as a big deal. Absolutely. And so, some, yeah, some people see the equipment as a big deal too. Like, they're just like, this, this camera is staring at me. Like, what is that? Like, it makes them uncomfortable. I get it. It's, I just, the whole room just freaked out because someone filled up their drink for probably the fourth time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're, we won't say. It's okay, everyone. You can go to the restroom if you want. You can raise your hand if you have a question. It's fine. It's a very relaxed environment. (laughs) It is a relaxed environment. Good. I'm glad that I'm glad I'm glad that's the vibe that it's giving off. Yes. I don't want anyone to think that this is anything other than just a regular conversation. I've had people come on here, man. We don't even talk about what they do. We just take off and just go. And an hour and a half later, I'm like, fuck, where do you work? (laughs) Why did I have you on in the first place? I can't remember where you we never even talked about your restaurant. <laughs> it's just part of it, but that's good. But you're good yes. at that. Well, thanks. I, I, it's nice to be able to kind of get back into the groove of some of that because I don't do this as much as I used to. So, well, yeah, but you have you. Well, we talked about one of them, which I was kind of talking in front of people. Which, sure. Whether you know, I know maybe like a a, a camera in a studio, maybe he's not a, a room full of people, but it's arguably much larger it's not like you're like oh the camera that's it good no one's listening everyone knows that there's thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands so that's one thing yeah but when you're in news or at least a a thought method that i did my best to employ was like there's no one there like just it is just you and the camera i'm some it doesn't work for everybody but for me i uh, in the beginning really just had to pretend that there was nothing more than just that piece of equipment. No one was on the other side. No one was going to be watching because when you are live, um, oh yeah, it, it's the pressure is on. And if you start thinking about the number of households that may be tuning in to your live, you know, no mess ups, mistakes, you know, are going to be covered up kind of uh, moment. It it can throw you off a lot. So I don't think I could break that. I really don't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I've uh, and and same like I've been in front of. Like live shows with this, like maybe like a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, other things like speech, like I would do like two hundred people, whatever. It's and it's not. It's never. I'm aware of it, and I do get nervous. Yeah. I think I just need. To, it's for me. It's always been like a. I got to get through the first fifteen seconds, and I'm fine. Right. Um. And for some reason, even if I just if I'm reading something, if I'm like got through that first sentence, everything's fine. Who cares? Right. You know, the one that, like the 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 one that I did with Lauren um at Jukebox. There was probably like, I don't know, 60, 65 people. I don't remember how many. But uh right, and my wife really fucked this up for me. So we're uh, we're sitting there and I do the live shows the same way I do like the podcast. Like I have an idea who I'm talking about, but 
I get to know them as we go. I don't I don't do a ton of research because sure. I want to get to know them as we go. And my wife, right before I was supposed to go up, she's like, "Are you ready?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's whatever. It's a podcast. What?" And she's like, "Well, what are you going to talk about?" I'm like, "I don't know. The same thing I always do." She's like, "Well, I mean, but are you going to bring the guests up right away?" I'm like, "Well, no." She's like, "Well, then what are you going to talk about?" And then it just hit me, like about yep. a minute before I was going to go up there. I'm just about like, "Holy shit!" The logistics of it all. What am yeah. I going to talk about for the next ten minutes by myself? <laughs> but then I went up there. I don't remember what I said, but everyone laughed, and then I was fine. Okay. I don't remember what the joke was. Okay. Um, but when I said it, everyone laughed. I was like, who cares? It was kind of like survival instincts. You're just yeah. like, what? I- I'm like, I don't care. Yep. If I went up there and said something and no one laughed or no one reacted, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> well, I got your money. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no refunds. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that on Eventbrite. There are no refunds. Whether show my goes- jokes are good or yeah. not. <laughs> the show goes poorly. Tough shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like it went uh, really well, and so it's it exciting. And you, you have another live one coming up, or you yeah, just... Flight Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, okay, I thought so. Yeah, uh, we just did. That'll be the third one. We did Jukebox, um, which is it's one of my favorite places in the city. I, I just love Jukebox. Southern Tier, we did that, and they have a really big downstairs room that can hold like a lot more people. We got capped downtown. At yeah. Okay. They have a downstairs tap room holds like a hundred people pretty comfortably. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, and then uh, uh, Lindsay, who Lindsay Smith, who who runs Flight, she had asked about it because she was actually a guest assignment that the Lauren was. Oh, nice. And I love Flight. And fortunately, I've been lucky enough where I can do it at these places I really like. Mm-hmm. Like if Town Hall is like show, I'm like fuck off. Like I don't want to go there. I I just don't. Yeah, I, you know? I, it's good that there are the places that you feel most comfortable and I obviously do, yeah. have. Yeah. I do. I'm so glad that everyone else in the room agreed with my statement. <laughs> uh, it's, it's I only not say that because they blocked, they blocked <laughs> me during COVID. <laughs> really? Yeah, they blocked me during COVID. Yeah, apparently a couple of people. So like anyone, and I don't care, whatever, we'll talk about it. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> so like the... um. They, uh, I don't remember the entire story. I do have actually a bit of a history with that general manager, though. I know that guy. Oh. Yeah, he's from Akron. Yeah. Shit gets weird. Interesting all the people who are in, from so... Akron up here now and the... Well, some of, well, because people from Akron are terrified of going too far away from home, but we right. still want to go away from home. <laughs> so we're like 40 minutes north. Cleveland, that's yeah, fine. That's safe. Perfect. And we're like, I live on my own, but I can literally see my mom from here. So, it's, oh and that's what Not I the did. Sarah Palin quote. That's what I did. I can still. I, I'm living independently, but I can see my mom from here. So if I need bread and milk, which my mom still offers, you know. We're oh, in good, that's sweet. Oh, she does all the time. Laundry, everything. Time, she's like driving up here. She's like, "Hey, I'm on my way. How are you with bread?" I'm like, "Oh, that I can, I can swing bread, mom. Thank you." <laughs> But, but but she's a mom. But you know, you, you know she's never in your heart. Stop. You're like, I'm so glad my mom thinks of me oh, when I it am. comes to bread. I'm not gonna say sometimes <laughs> I'm a, like sourdough. Hurry. Right. Like I. And I'm there not might gonna... be a bakery in Akron. And wow, Akron. Akron. Akron? <laughs> that is not the name of. Doesn't it, it say World Traveler on your Instagram? <laughs> and you already mispronounced the, the the city forty minutes south as Akron. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so Akron. Um, gosh, I hope I don't get canceled for that one. Um, but right. yeah, I mean, there Wait, may I'm be s- a bakery down there that you, yeah, yeah. you know. So how long have you? Stuff. I'm sorry, I can't remember. You you didn't grow up here. So when did you I move did to Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't know how to pronounce Akron. Clearly. Um, so I, <laughs> I the one thing I will pronounce correctly though for anybody out there listening. Um, so I was born in Baltimore. Ah. Oh. And I believe you've had Hannah on, right? Maybe 
uh, Hannah on Lost? No. Okay, maybe not. Sorry. Well, that, well somebody Fuck, protects I you hope in the I future. I because I just... <laughs> I've so she, many people. I'm getting a, to the point where I'm not sure I can remember everybody. I know you have a lot of episodes. I that I don't remember what, what we talk. I don't remember. Like, this is a blast sure, already. But I'm not going to remember no. this tomorrow. You can't. There's It's too much to And I'm not. Because, like, like, I've had people reach out and be like, do you remember when we? I'm like, no. <laughs> but I really enjoyed our time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's about the feeling that you, that, that's the memory, part of the memory. That's I feel the like I know important. who you're talking about, but no, I don't think so. Yeah, she's a local influencer, but she actually is from Baltimore. And I had I had met her, I'd done a story with her um, a couple years ago, and we obviously were very happy to have met a fellow Baltimorean. Because I don't, I don't think there's many people from Maryland, at least that I've met, who no. have moved up here. So, But anyway, yes, I was born there, but I was raised in New Jersey, small town near New York, and then... Um, Went to school in D.C. at George Washington, Went, uh, came here to Cleveland, and then down to Huntsville, and then back here. So that's the main places I've lived. And then I came here in uh, 2017, left for two years, came back in 2019. Well, that's what, because like in news is, it, it can be kind of like a boomerang of a career where you, you kind of got to go where the work is, and you got to build your, and that's, Something that's a little bit different that I think that that's different than other industries that a lot of us don't understand because now we're all basically on the remote setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but for things like news and probably radio is I think probably really mm-hmm. similar. You go where the work is, but you have to build your resume to kind of get in the market that you want to get to if that is what it is. Some people just bounce around. They're cool with that. I know a lot of radio guys that are just – you know, they're they're they will not stay in the same place for eighteen months. They just won't. No, and I you know? I think that is it's so interesting if that's just either a personality trait that goes hand in hand with Some getting like into that. the business Some or like the that. business kind of makes you that way. Um but yeah, you, oh, okay. you have to take what you can get, so to speak. Um especially starting, yeah. Yeah, when you when you're first starting out in news and there still is I think as there are in uh, many other industries, the you know, idea of paying your dues and, and also you there's something they always kind of some of the older uh, journalists like to tell us younger journalists uh, when we're first starting out is just, you know, make your mistakes in the smaller markets so that when you get to the bigger markets, you you don't have those um, stumbling blocks that you maybe would have done in uh, Juneau, Alaska. You know yeah. what I mean? Where you have a smaller pool of people watching you. So Easy. I think it's a- I have a very big Juno audience. So oh, I'm sure. <laughs> careful with what you're saying here. <laughs> It is like I think market two ten, and there's only like two hundred thirteen markets in the country, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, and I actually I worked with a uh, producer from who had worked in Juno, and she loved it. But uh, Huntsville is it was seventy nine, I believe it's eighty one now. Um, so I was very very fortunate to start out in a mid size market, um, and to have some of the support of these journalists who decided to stay for forty years, and you know that they did want to. Um, keep their expertise in that market, and then yeah, Cleveland were nineteen, so it was a, it was a good jump, and um, definitely learned a lot in both markets. So do you? I mean, as you're kind of like getting ready uh, when you're younger. I, I mean, again, this is something I think we talked about a little bit. It is a personality trait, sure. Because some people hear like what you do or what you've done, I guess more specifically, and their gut reaction is absolutely not. Not even just not even just like what you have to do like for the job itself, but the, the moving around. There's a couple things you kind of have to have to do this. And a lot and most people I don't think have one of probably like the three or four things that you need to do jobs like this. The ability to kind of just move on a whim, mm-hmm. you know, to go like where, where the work goes. The ability to kind of disassociate and just kind of uh, 
talk about like the, 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 the news, the facts, everything like that. And you can kind of get into where that goes the higher up you get. Cause I know that kind of changes, sure. but then also the, 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 the it, 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 call it the public speaking. Cause that is what it is. Um, so you've, I assume have just kind of had that. I think Or that, to a degree, I know you've developed it, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess you could ask the question of nature versus nurture kind of in this. Is I it, could, but full disclosure, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> is it in you've your nature? You've actually used several or? words that I don't know what they mean. I just haven't told you yet. <laughs> That's all right. We can always do a dictionary dive if you want to. I'm here. I'm here I have to, to do it every week, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think that, yes, there are certain personalities that lend themselves mm -hmm. to news very well. Um, and then there are the logistical things. Yes, not everybody, number one, wants to pick up and move away from their family. Not everybody has the means to, and that's where you really get into yeah. a really difficult conversation that journalists um, are having more and more and being more open about is the salary in the industry. Um, you know, my mom, and yes, I, I, I know it was the 80s, but my mom started out, uh, you know, making, I think, like 14K uh, a year. And I know journalists who are making 20K, starting at 20K, 18K, uh, 30K, like kind of in that, no modern more than day? 30K. Like modern yes, day? Yes, modern day. It's, it's, it, everybody sees the job and thinks, oh, you know, it's TV. They're doing all this, you know, big work, having these big conversations, giving us, you know, uh, what we need day to day in our communities yeah. to know what's going on and thinking it's this glamorous job a lot of the times. And, and there's so, so little <laughs> glamour involved. It's, it, so is that, do you think that, I, I'm kind of curious wh wh where you think that that kind of comes from. Um, because that's, I think my first job starting out call it a job. I didn't, I wasn't very good at it, but like my first job that was not like kind of like in an office, I was making, I think 21,000. Mm -hmm. I was making more bartending. Like I, I, cause I was bartending at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I remember my dad was like, yes, I know you're making more bartending, but do you want to bartend for the rest of your life? So you kind of have to, you, you do kind of have to pay your dues to it, but, but sure. But this is me doing this back in, I'm going to date the shit out of myself here, but this was like t 2003. When I took my first kind of like, you know, if you want to call it a grown up job, right. um, making that. So you, you kind of like start budging and things like that. But that's a little hard to kind of, I think, here now, especially for a job like that, because that is not a look. If you're like if you're starting entry level at a company and you're making twenty five, thirty, to be perfectly honest, I kind of understand that to mm -hmm. an extent because you don't know what the, the 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 market's like. You don't know what the company's doing. But. This is not this is a job that has more responsibility than just, you know, filling out a report or filing something though. Yeah, and that's not to take away of course from, you know, other jobs that are certainly um vital to our communities and to our, you know, Oh, no, no, not at all. Our cycle no. of, you know, of of, of the economy, but, she but just has more. Yeah. Yeah, I also, think Also, where'd she go? She doesn't know what's in my house. <laughs> Okay. We're gonna find the bed because <laughs> she's because Lauren's been here so many times. She just got bored. She's like, I'm gonna go see what this is in this dude's house. <laughs> Checked out. Okay. She just got up and left, and I was like, I wonder if he's got food upstairs. <laughs> she's looking for the cookies. You know that. Oh, it's where they don't last the, uh... that long. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what's at least 
facing young journalists today is journalism has very much become what's called multimedia multimedia journalists yes. is the entry role, right? So you're shooting everything, you're editing everything, you're writing everything, you're tracking everything. And because of that is why I'm like, why? Like that, I understand again, it is entry level, but this isn't normal entry level because of everything that you need to know just to get started. Now I know obviously people getting started now are... They grew up with more with social media, so obviously they're more versed in it. But still, you know, th this is not posting a picture of your dog. You know, you're you're, you're doing something that's going to be seen by, and we're, depending on the market, mm -hmm. thousands to hundreds of thousands of people on a social media aspect. So, yeah. is there? I don't know the industry, obviously, but that it, it is still weird that, like, if someone were like forty starting, I'm like, all right, that makes a little bit more sense. But if you're still have a two in front of that, that's weird for me to hear. Yeah, I mean, I had also started a little later um, in age in the industry. I started when I was 25. So then you're also starting behind the curve of people who straight out of college knew what they wanted to do, went straight into journalism, you know, were able to put in their dues when they were younger and could live in a perhaps more um, on a tighter budget, I suppose. But it, I think that you know, like I said, on top of doing the work of three people, so you're like, yeah. okay, now combining three jobs into one salary. Um, yeah, it's it's just a if you if you love journalism, which I don't know that as many people who are as passionate about journalism are going into the field. We hope for it. You know, we want to see that. But, like, I think that this, unfortunately, can demoralize people. The oh, yeah. slow, you know, uh, grade of pay to where we are seeing um, enough people leaving the industry. And that's where I think news also gets into a tough place because I've talked to so many journalists who are older who've done this for decades and are a little sad to see you know, um, the tenure of people in journalism, like dropping dramatically. Well, and we're seeing that in a lot of industries, you know, I, I think because, and maybe because the industries themselves don't know how to kind of change with what's been happening. So mm -hmm. the, the best example I can think of is, I think it's the oddest one for people to kind of grasp is, I don't know if you pay attention to like what's been going on with ESPN for the last like four or five years. They've had easily four or five different, rounds of layoffs but when you hear espn that's and, and that's why i think like being like in the news it's something that people see more glamorous espn's no different but just recently for anyone that knows they they just recently i think laid off max kellerman and jalen rose these are two very large and prominent and incredibly experienced people in that field but i think for espn because of and that's why i kind of look at it that way is are they still – are some of these markets and some of these industries and companies still not sure how to profitably do what they're doing with the changing times? Because I have to think like a per person like Max Kellerman and Jalen Rose probably have a nice little, you know, uh, um, uh, salary. But if the views on something like ESPN aren't there, it doesn't matter. Right. So – and, and news, and God, probably more than anything, whether it's news, sports news, you know, uh, international news, whatever it might be, that's got to be the most ever-changing one in the last decade. Not just because of social media, but because of the way that it's being things are being segregated, ingested, delivered. Mm -hmm. You know, the 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 quote unquote, you know, 
I don't want to say like the, the, the fake news thing, cause that's not in your realm, but we were joking around like, like podcasting being saturated. Now there's online news outlets and there are some good ones. There's some terrible ones. <laughs> you know, there are some ones that you're just like, how is anyone paying attention to this? But, but someone, and there, and, and how, how does, what does you, that do to the market? Yes. Share, right? How does that do? What does that do to see? I told you every episode, <laughs> <laughs> the little paws and is, claws yeah, coming down. Hi, but I mean, th- that's, and that's when, I, when I, when we, it, I guess coming it's back okay. to what we were talking about is the, the kind of lower pay for someone starting have, have industries just not still not figured out the evolution of what's happened in the last five or 10 years. Well, and I think that's a larger conversation where we're talking about, you know, uh, payrolls not keeping up with inflation and, mm-hmm. you know, just in general, like that's, um, certainly not, uh, I Only the even news industry that's going through some that. of those comparisons. You ever see like <sighs> some of those like house and salary comparisons? Oh now? my gosh, yes, I have been. Like, there's some of some come up on Instagram and stuff. Where I'm just like, how? How is that? And we're in a good the spot. World we're, in. <laughs> we're in a good spot for that too. Like in terms of like cost of living and like housing. Mm-hmm. For all those yeah, poor Cleveland, ding dongs yes. living in California. Oh my, oh my god, man. It, it, it really you ever is. seen I mean, like uh like I've I've uh, I remember last time I was in like Austin Texas yeah which I love I love the city music food everything it's just a great place buddy fucking lay down <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I went uh, when we were staying we were there for Austin City Limits a couple years ago and I remember the Airbnb we were staying in was almost comparable to the house that I live in and we looked it up it was eight hundred nine hundred thousand dollars wow yeah. Wow. I mean, that kind of hurt a little bit because you guys are in my house. You're like, oh, it's way too much for this fucking place. (laughs) But that's, but, 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 but that, and that was a couple years ago. (laughs) That house is probably a million dollars now in Austin because of what's been happening. And you can't tell me that the people in Austin that, you know, do the things that I do are making $300,000 a year. They're not. Yeah. I mean, Seattle, right, is a city we've had a a lot of conversation around. Like, the cost of living just skyrocketing there. Obviously, I think, gosh, obviously, don't quote me. I could be very wrong, but I I mean, it's a recorded (laughs) podcast. You're being quoted. (laughs) All right. I guess quote me. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I saw that it's more expensive to live in San Francisco than it is New York. I, oh yeah, I believe if you know, for housing costs. I, you yeah. know what's wild? I, Boston, I think, is like three. Boston flies under the radar How? for being as expensive as it is. Boston? I, th- I think Boston might be three or four. They're in the top huh. five. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. It's wicked, fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Decent accent, not too bad. Where'd I you do, pack your car? <laughs> I do. I fucking love Boston. Do you? I do. Okay. That place is great, man. Do I you, love. Do you go often? Or I've been there maybe four or five times. Mm. Um, but I do like going there. By the end of the weekend, I'm all I'm talking like that. You just you just absorb around, it. Fucking high fiving people like go Pats. You're like Mark Wahlberg. Uh, yeah, 100%. I'm just like fucking a. <laughs> Gotta get my debit you, card. Let's get the fuck out of here. I don't. I'm like literally mid Saturday. I'm talking that way. I don't. It's infectious. I love that. I I, I tend to um, I, I'll I'll embarrass myself. Oh, what's uh, your accent? Go do it. As Lauren knows. Oh, Lauren already knows. British. And we both it. will will my go British. out on the town and try and trick Cleveland bartenders see if maybe they think we're British. And I don't know. There's ever really. It more. can't be that hard. How sharp are Cleveland bartenders? <laughs> Wait. Well, okay. What? I, so. So. This I is for me. Really sharp so the key. That's so wild. 
the the key to accents, if you're trying to fool people, yeah. is you, you got to perfect phrases. Don't, yes. Don't get into long conversations <laughs> with them. You're right. You're, you're right. bloody out of your mind. <laughs> well, you know. The or one... pick a country. There's no way they know what it is. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. And then they, you, you, what can they say? Um, like, what's but... your accent? You're like, oh, it's Croatian. No one fucking knows what that is. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Um, a, a little trick I remember people would say for Australian to like start getting into the Australian accent yeah. uh, to say the word no, but you use every vowel in the uh, alphabet. So no, <laughs> right? And that's how you get that that full rounded no. <laughs> and yeah. you should be able to take off from there. So I hear you. There's sometimes yeah. there's trigger words and I know actors employ that a lot where they, they have trigger words or phrases that'll get them right into the full accent. So well, I mean, I'll have to obviously, more. obviously you have to, do it right now. Now? Well, what is your what's your British go-to oh, accent? God. Order a drink. Um order a white okay. claw. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> order a white claw in a British accent. No, that's terrible. I feel like that's an affront to uh to to British drinking. I mean gin, of course, right? Is gin British? Yeah. That's their drink? Yeah. I thought it was just like beer and Well, they they do like beer as well, but I gin, gin is British, right? Yeah. Um uh, oh gosh, are you scared for me to do this? Okay. <laughs> I am. I feel like Lauren needs to prompt what? me. Fuck him. I'm excited. Do it. <laughs> oh, she's clearing her throat. <laughs> no. What is about to happen? We do. We Holy, do. Holy, that was not bad. Yeah. Um, I've been watching the, haunt, the the haunting of Bly Manor, so I'm ready for this. <laughs> I think uh, honestly is like a really good word to start out with because then you can go from there, build on that, get some extra uh, phrases in that really bring it all together. And if I was at a bar and I was going to order something, I probably uh, would ask for a gin with uh, soda, no tonic, not into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always wanted to do this on the news, but obviously was a bit nervous that people would figure me out. So. This is good. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's my British accent. You didn't everyone. think that was good? I, 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 I was nervous. Who are these but... fucking Mensa bartenders you're running into that are like bullshit? <laughs> Do you want a course or not? <laughs> I guess I need to try it on a few more. That we'll was see, good. Uh... Actually, you know what? Starting out with the word honestly is yes. a really good. That's it, a good I idea. I think that's my crutch word. I really do. I think that's really yeah. good. Honestly, it's so easy to go. See, it's like it's like a trigger. But it's 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 like a segue word to yeah. get you into their mm -hmm. silly language. Yes, because <laughs> we're in America. Yeah, everything we say is good words. That was good. Thank you, thank you. I, I if I could do if I was funny and could do stand up, like I, that would be my like. You know impression. where I think people go wrong when they try to do British accents? Where they try to fucking say bloody, because mm. it's the only thing that stupid Americans know that British people say. Like, oh, bloody hell. That was good. good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. Oh, shit. But, like, <laughs> but, but, but they, 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 but it's, it's the same thing. It's like if you're trying to do an Australian accent, you just, yes. you'll shrimp on the Barbie. We know you're lying. Yeah, I can't do Australian. If you're doing the, if you're doing what we think British people say, but that was fucking good, thank man. Thank you. I, thank you. I'm trying to expand. Not only my... was it good, you went for a bit. <laughs> 
That was like 30 seconds of, of, of like just limey nonsense. Yeah, there are some words that definitely, I know, I really, who knew what I was saying? I really wasn't uh, saying anything coherent, but I, I, there are words that'll trip me up. Don't get me wrong. Like once you get into certain vowels and like how certain consonants end and things like, I don't know, and the way that they'll sometimes not even pronounce consonants in between, I think that was me, sorry. No, oh, I, are you okay? Oh, shoot, funny bone? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, do you need ice? No, I'm okay. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to keep checking. I have to keep checking my phone because my. Baby. No, I'm okay right <laughs> That's now. It. Oh, oh yeah, yes? bathroom breaks are completely. Uh, yeah, you just let me know and we I should. pause yes? it. Yeah, it was cut perfect. You know what? Okay. Let's cut. We're gonna cut perfect. for a break. Everyone, go use the bloody loo. <laughs> what a closet. <laughs> and all right, cool. Kidding. Bathroom breaks. Are th- Lauren, great suggestion by yes. the way. Yes, that was I smart. And you, know, that is a thing that. <laughs> That is a. Is there somewhere we can put the guitar? Oh, are you comfy? Are you not? No, I am, but I don't. Oh, I don't care. Here, hang on a sec. I'll. You know, I don't care. I'll just let it run. (laughs) (laughs) All right. To fill in the. uh... (laughs) (laughs) That was Lauren Welch. She's been on this program several times before. (laughs) All right. Sorry, I had to move the guitar. Ooh, are we playing some? No, 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 no. I just wanted. I just wanted. Noodle a bit. Talk about you know, so. You moved to Cleveland, and then, tell yes. me more about it. Uh, which part? The first move or the Just second tell move? tell whatever comes in your heart. Okay. Am I supposed to sing to this? Jesus Christ, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I did like Lauren. I, w- I had a band, too, so we can get into that at some point, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. No, that's all right. I want to make sure that, okay, so we got the guitar out of the way. Yes, that was, was great. Her head. Sorry. To, it's also, like a, it was a chivalry, campfire moment. congrats for you. He's just like, hey, man, I'm, I'm preventing women from getting hit by guitars. You're like a heavy metal <laughs> chivalrous <laughs> man. I love my mouth's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, okay, please do. Uh, so we did accents. We, we did, did presenting. Accents. We did everything. I do want to kind of go back to one thing. You mentioned that you're – so you're both your parents going into to, to news reporting, whatever. You said that they kind of don't – that even they don't – like I understand if you didn't want to sure. go into something like that to, for, because of the comparison living up to it. I, I understand that. Yeah. But they didn't want you to? I don't know that it was a full stop like don't do it. Like, you know, I think they would – they always supported me – no matter what I was interested in, but I think just knowing the ins and outs of the industry, what it does, you know, you, you even mentioned before about the desensitization. Yeah. There's a lot, it, going into news is heavy. It's a big responsibility. Um, you have to have the passion for it, which I did. Um, but I think when you're watching your kid grow up, it's just like, it's, 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 it's a tough industry to be in where everyone's constantly criticizing you and you know there's there's a lot of thick skin you need for it but also um i think like i said kind of they saw it evolve and just it wasn't the fourth estate that they knew kind of thing well news has evolved into a well news has evolved into almost just like another form of social media Mm -hmm. and that's in that's someone like me who's obviously not involved in news, but that's the way that a lot of us view it now. Like you talk about somebody that 
you you have to have a thick skin because you will actually do a well thought out you know presentation and and report on something that is very important to the community and someone will be like that fucking color is terrible on you. Mm-hmm. You're like, did you hear anything that I just said? No one's listening. But that that's a real. But that that is a real thing. So I I, I okay. So that I understand. Like you know. Them wanting to kind of not discourage you, no. like whatever you go into, they'll support. But you're, but they're like, you know, you don't have to do this. And and if you're going to, here are the realities of what you are kind of committing to. Yes, and they were always very realistic with me. It was very important to my mom to encourage me to always work from the ground or start from the ground up, but also know all of those roles, right? Being in news and putting a newscast on is not just the people you obviously see on TV. There are so many hardworking people from the production assistants to the producer to the prompter or operator to... Losers, no one cares. (laughs) (laughs) Who really, really, uh, you know, without those parts, like, it just does not come together. There There is a machine behind it that no one sees. Like, like, 100%. Like, a good four-minute news segment, it's one of those things that I think... When it goes the way it's supposed to because the 50 people behind the scenes are doing what they're supposed to do, we don't notice it. When it doesn't go right, that's when we notice it. You you take it for granted because you're right. There are so many people that literally will make a three-minute report seem seamless and and just kind of easily digestible. Sure. But uh, the second that doesn't go right, you're like, whoa, whoa, what happened here? Who didn't do their job? Well, and then it usually falls on the person who's the most visible. Yes. And I don't mean to say that as in though there's no – um, responsibility other people feel when it does go wrong. But yeah, I think that's the tough thing when you have decided I'm going to be the on-air person, whether that be an anchor or a reporter and you're working on a report, you always have to be cognizant that in some ways the buck stops with you. It's a high visibility. It, it, it's almost like a. you can almost liken it to sports. Right. So, like, if things don't go wrong, the one that people know the most of, that's who gets the blame. Right. Or at least is going to get the focus. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that there aren't parts, times where the person who is obviously representing the story or wrote the story did something wrong. Yeah. I have made mistakes. And I think we all have. We're human. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is. it definitely is a, a wheel. And that cog in the wheel is, like, the perfect kind of um, – metaphor for it because, you know, I I was fortunate enough in Cleveland to work with a photographer. I've worked with many photographers at Fox 8, all of whom are very talented and I really enjoyed working with. But at the end of uh, my time at Fox 8, I worked consistently with this one photographer uh, because of COVID, you know, they wanted to keep us um, in pairs. And um, it, it helps so much when you have somebody who is thinking outside the box with you, but also like is on the same wavelength. That's okay, Roscoe, we got you. <laughs> it's all right. Never You're, fails. He's so cute. Um, he's like, oh my God, I don't want to hear about the people behind the scenes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind. I think my wife's up there. <laughs> oh my gosh, she came home. <laughs> if we're getting, if we're, if we're getting robbed, that guy, the only thing that, <laughs> the only reason that we would be robbed is someone is really into t-shirts because that's all we have up there. So. Um, no, I, uh, but, but yeah, that no, makes I, a lot of sense. Be, I, I think there's a lot of job. I, I, I've talked to a lot of people that um, 
have been on here and it's very, very similar. Yeah. Where they're like, everything that we do that makes things so easy for you to understand and see, you'll never notice it if it goes exactly the way it's supposed to go. But if it doesn't, then you notice it. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are times, and I, you know, a lot of the, <sighs> this was not Fox 8, so I'm, I don't want to speak specifically to anywhere that I was working. Um, although, actually, in Huntsville, I did have to do this. So when I was anchoring, I, I anchored the, and produced the weekend mor- morning shows in Alabama, which meant I got to the station at midnight. Uh, it wasn't until four-ish that the editor came in. Um, and then my reporter would come in and, and um, the director so they could code the show, right? And I was putting the whole show together. I was listening to the scanners to make sure if something, you know, happened late at night, like a shooting or an accident or something, I could get that in the show. And then when I get on set, um, we didn't have a prompter operator all the time because staffing, you know, again, this goes back to like some of the cost saving measures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these, um, not the individual stations, but these larger companies that own the stations, you know, are, are trying to figure out, uh, what they're doing. So we would use a pedal to run the prompter. And if that goes out or you go too fast or you don't know how to reverse, you know, you, you, you're past your script. You don't know what you're saying. Um, That's where, you know, you would have hopefully an iPad or a laptop or your papers in front of you with the script to find where you need to start off again. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of, I I was watching a friend recently and her prompter just went out and she tried to use the pedal uh, or they got somebody in there and they went too fast and you just have to, British accent. That's where British Figure accent Figure it out. Is. Yeah. That's I mean, <laughs> so honestly, no, I'm you know, but, it's, you but know, it is. You said something, and, and it's very, I th- and this is a universal truth for anyone doing something like this that's kind of presenting or reading something. When you are, like, say anyone, like a high school kid all the way up to somebody that's presenting to like a board of directors, mm-hmm. if you have a presentation in your head versus when you're actually, can we talk about that? Now, I want to be very clear. <laughs> when I said this wasn't a professional podcast, <laughs> I didn't mean do whatever the fuck you want to do. I've been watching the Browns for an hour. <laughs> and I haven't made a noise. I don't even know what I'm watching. I don't even know what I'm watching. I don't even know what I'm watching. I don't even know the dangers when you bring people, right? <laughs> it's okay. We love you. The face you made when she said Taylor Swift doesn't sound like you're a Swiftie. I don't get it. If you had said, there's just, I'm, look, you know what? Let, let's finish our last okay, one. Yes, then we'll get yes. Then we'll get into Taylor Swift. We'll go back to our serious people, point. But people that... Uh, you're okay. Oh, I love nice. You. Go Browns. Victory I, Monday I love, tomorrow. Hey, I love you so much. <laughs> I, you're fine. Oh. You're fine. I'm so glad you're here. But people that the are... The Browns do- won. Yes. But. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool, the Browns won. <laughs> but... Uh, 
you, you had mentioned <sighs> something uh, before that Instagram reel hit that uh, people talk faster when they're doing the thing that they've prepared for. Yeah. The, the that that is a everybody does that. Yeah. Um they do cuz they don't realize that. Like I've been I remember when I was starting out in the corporate world and the very first presentation I did in front of like 15 whatever so people. I was super prepared, but I remember when like this 38 or 40 slide PowerPoint came up, I ran through those first seven slides. Wow. Where like my boss like touched my arm he's like, "Dude, we kind of got to hear some of this." <laughs> And then I was just like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. I have to, you got to speak at a certain, and that's a kind of almost been in a way like a running joke on like politicians and people in the news because you have to speak at a certain way. Yes. So people can kind of hear it. Like the, 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 uh, the, I don't know if you've, if you've ever watched Family Guy. Yeah. So the running guy. joke on Family Guy is Trisha Takanawa, who speaks in a, like the way that, that, that Alex Borstein, who does the voice, the way they describe it is that they're like, there's like this weird cadence that news people speak to us. And there's actually been like studies done on this where and, – and it's a hard thing to hear. But a lot of times, sometimes the way that some of those cadences are spoken, it's because they're dumbing it down for, unfortunately, a large part of the population – that's not going to comprehend what you're saying unless you say it in a certain way. And it's a real, real thing. And that's why if you've ever heard Bernie Sanders speak in a political, never. Okay. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> who is that? <laughs> he's, he's like, never heard of him. I am once again asking you to tell me who Bernie Sanders is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a quarterback for the Houston. <laughs> but if you've ever heard Bernie mm. Sanders speak, in a political realm versus heard him in a long form interview. It's not, that's not how we talk. Yeah. None of them talk that way, but there's actually been like data and like, like studies done that when you're trying to convey to a large group, you have to speak in a certain way, like where your inflection is different. Is that something that you've had to look at or is it really? Yeah. No, it's interesting. It really is. Cause <laughs> a mean, lot of people don't know that. Yeah. I think I, I, I don't, when we start in journalism as anybody who's presenting the news, like that ideal idea is something that is very much drummed into our heads of when you're writing your scripts, like you have to appeal to a certain yes. um, education level demographic. Like you have to know your market, but you also have to know that like, and that's, and that, that's what's so interesting about being a journalist. I think, um, that not everybody always gets is we get a few hours to learn about a whole subject yes. and distill it down for our audience of people so that they also understand. So when COVID was going on and all the medical stories we do, there are so there's so much jargon in the industries where we interview people that the layman is not going to understand or it won't yeah. leave that impactful. Oh, talking to your friend, I heard about this on the news, you won't be able to regurgitate that because you don't know what the heck someone said. But, and so that it is very much our job to um, make sure that any technical language, and we, we try to work with the interviewees to remind them, pretend you're telling this to me as if I'm in preschool. Yeah. Because you really, at the end of the day, the, you, the point is getting the message across. If the message is gonna get lost because nobody's understanding the language, then what's the point of informing people? 
That's a hard thing for people to understand until they don't understand it. Right. And what I mean by that is like COVID's actually a a fantastic example. There are, and look, this isn't cutting anyone down and it's not cutting down a certain side, but both sides, if you ask somebody that's hardcore red or, or, or blue, have a, a lot of them have a very wild interpretation of COVID or some aspect of COVID mm-hmm. that is unbelievably untrue. There are people that think that the COVID vaccine has COVID in it. There are people, yeah, she laughed. <laughs> there are people that think that there, there was a study done where people thought that the hospitalization rate of people that had COVID was north of 50%. It's like two. It, and it and No, I mean, it was two. Right. It was right. two during 2020, like the 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 hardest and and you know roughest kind of part of COVID, and then you start thinking like where how are you getting where are you getting this information? So when when people say that you have to kind of deliver to the masses in a certain way, I get it, and I think a lot of people do when you explain it to them. Right. But words matter. They very do much. And in and in journalism, you do have just like. In advocacy work and in everyday, you know, things that you're saying to people, honestly, just in yeah. with your friends and conversations, like it's so easy to have a game of telephone, you know, easily develop oh, God, yeah. because it was the words you used were misinterpreted. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, when you have when you're charged with a responsibility such as telling your community what's happening in the world and within within their communities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to be careful about and how people you have say a that. very and also people love people have a tendency and do love to hear what they want to hear and stop listening too. Right. That's a that's a, also another very common thing. Like they hear they hear the part they like and the rest is shut off. And then when you say something that's like, no, 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 you said this, I'm like, yeah, but if you listen to the next five seconds, I told you it's this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, well. As I'm moving you, on. <laughs> right. Like they, they end the sentence where they want the sentence to end. You may keep talking. Hey, yes, but exactly. Yeah, they, they you hear out. the things you like. Yeah. You hear the things you like and you even hear it in the way that you want to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, it, that's unfortunately become a thing. Mm-hmm. But I also, but then I do understand why I think on a news cycle you have to do those things. Yeah. Um. So kind of cycling into the news, out of the news, like, like, like what's that kind of journey like for you? It's scary. Um, I was in news for five years. And so I think when you do anything for a period of time where you start to get comfortable in knowing your craft, not comfortable as in you're never challenging yourself or anything, but sure. just I know how this works. Like I, I, I know the ins and outs of this industry. Um, and, and when you feel rooted in it um, and, and stable, it's always hard to change no matter, you know, what industry to what industry. But I think what was what is unique about news is we don't operate the way corporate America operates, right? Like our we have not that there aren't contracts other places, but it's a very contractual based uh job. And for me now to be in something that's not is is just so odd to me. That's a big part right there, the contractual. Like most of us I work in corporate, I've never signed a contract. Right. Like I, I've signed a letter to start working. That doesn't mean that I'm going to work for you. They can let me go whenever they want. Mm-hmm. The, the, that's a that that is I think a thing that people don't understand. Yeah. Um, which is kind of why I like having kind of these these discussions because people don't get that and sure. not like in a ignorant like how would they know if they're not involved in it? Exactly. Yeah. You know? And and it's and how would they know if that's not how most of the 
job economy in America works. I mean, yeah. you know, you're there are yes, if you're in government contracting or if you are um, in news or or certain other uh, if if you're in Hollywood and you know you're contracted yeah. for a movie oh, or yeah, something. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure, but um, in corporate America, it's not. It's 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 more rare. Um, I, at least from what I understand. Uh, so Actually, for people like me, when we see contract the jobs, we skip them. Mm. We don't. We don't go if the job is for it only a certain amount of time. More often than not, we skip those. Yeah, I mean, which and there's not really a reason we should because. I can skip an 18 you know month job and get fired to my job after seven months. Right. But we still have this in our mind that if it's a, a certain amount of time, we, we, we don't even bother with those unless we need to. Yeah. That's a that's that's very interesting to kind of learn from your viewpoint too as somebody who's been in corporate America yeah. for a long time. Um uh, because I'm again, I'm still learning about a lot of what that means uh as an employee in uh not news and and in something different. So but yeah, I, I think the the things that really differentiated for me was, yes, the contract versus no contract work environment. Um, I think also just not knowing when you're 30 years old and you're just like, let me change my job direction. Um, I think that's certainly a scary thing because you spend your 20s, the whole idea, right, by society is you're spending yeah. your 20s to like – build that foundation for what you want to do for the rest of your life. And yeah, I spent mine drunk, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm uh, <laughs> maybe I did well, my twenties wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah. Literally all the ears are perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm very interested. I, I haven't really talked with her at length, but I'd love to hear her take uh, after this obviously around that. But yeah. Um so yes, that that's difficult. Um, the skill set's so niche in a lot of ways, but but it's also not, right? And I think that what I have found, and I'm also in a Facebook group that is specifically for women in TV who are looking to move into PR, um, who are looking for support and how to navigate that, uh, because TV people think our skills don't transfer. They're like, oh, you're... Oh, hard disagree. So I, I agree with you, absolutely. Like, And so it takes a lot of time, even, even with something as adjacent as PR, uh, public relations, where... You know, you're right, literally the other side of the coin. It is very difficult to break into public relations for some people looking to get out of news to specific agencies and or internal um, uh, corporate PR. I think that it, for me, it's so obvious that, of course, we're good communicators. We know exactly what the news is looking for. We, you know, uh, are great on deadlines. We are really good at learning about something very quickly. Like my new job, um, I had to learn about financial services. That's now the realm that all my clients are in. And it's something I've never did. But that's what as a reporter you do every single day is learn about a new topic within three to four hours, have to have an intelligent conversation to interview someone on that and then present it to uh, the masses. And it, that's, it, why I, difficult. that's why I think that's a hard disagree in terms of that. So if you interview with a lot of jobs, um, what a lot of people will tell you, whether it's true or not, and in my experience, it's almost always not true, is that they almost try to dissuade you 
And they're like, well, look, it's a really fast-paced environment. A lot of things can change. And uh, I've heard that so many times. I'm like, okay, that's not true. Because it's not. Mm-hmm. It, a lot of times it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, there, and also when someone's like, it's really fast-paced, a lot of things can change. To me, in the corporate world, it usually means that you have a very bad operation structure and you're just bad at change. You should be able to kind of like, you know, kind of move with it, move, go with the flow, whatever, however you want to put it. Sure. Um, but yeah, for what you've done to any type of corporate job, especially I would say client-facing or interdepartmental I think you're a very, very good fit. Would be that that's that's mine. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not saying that you should be hired for your job, but I'm like definitely talk to her at least. Right, and I think that's the thing is at least having that initial process in the interview, you know, conversation to figure out how this person operates in their communication space. But I like, think you yes, have to know. I that. think that's what it yeah. is, and I I'm very, very fortunate that my current job we're. 20% of our workforce are from former journalists because that's yeah. where they think the key is to um, serving our clients the best in public relations is by knowing what the other side wants. And we we come from a varied background of producers, reporters, et cetera, where that can really um, drive a client's uh, visibility and earn media. So it, it's, it's very interesting to me that other places – don't always quite understand where the value is in a former journalist. I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, and this is my opinion, and if I look fat in any of these fucking photos. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I look fat in all photos. (laughs) You've done nothing wrong. (laughs) Yeah. This is is fun. (laughs) You better Photoshop the shit out of me. Yeah. He does God. have Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I want to look like Chris Evans in the Marvel movie. Oh, right. I love it. <laughs> you mean at the end when they've aged him to 75? Oh, gosh. Oh, Not, that Not that one. Not that no. one. That's a good way to get a beer thrown at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think that most, and this is my experience on the corporate side, is that I honestly, most of them don't know what they want. The, yeah. This is the biggest complaint in job seekers right now. Mm. And it and it's not also it's also not the fault of people that are in the recruiting I think realm. I don't think that leadership can tell them what they actually want. The recruiters that I do know, people in HR that I do know, they're like our biggest struggle is we get no direction from who we're actually trying to find. So mm. You know, they'll, they'll be like, hey, we have like five candidates. We think they're, these five candidates might be good for these two spots. Let's look at this. And then they'll go there. I'm like, ah, but we need this. I'm like, why didn't you tell me that beforehand? Right. And I wouldn't have brought them in. And I just think that it's it, everything is in such a very odd vacuum right now where they don't know what they want. And they, they honestly, no one wants to listen to someone tell them what maybe they do want because then you have on the corporate side, and this is the biggest thing that people on the corporate side will never admit to. They can't admit they need someone to come in and tell them what they need because then they're like, maybe I'm not valuable. It's it's a nasty circle on the corporate side. It really, really is. Where it sounds like, and from what you've said, that there's – this element of humility may be missing where it's like, it's okay to I'd say have more, outside I'd say counsel more fear. I'd say more fear than mm. humility. 
Like, like if, so if you, like, say you're in charge of a team and building a team and it's not working, you can't find the right people. And then you go to whatever the CEO of a company and say, Hey, I got to grab like an outside resource to get the right people. They're going to be like, what the fuck do I need you for? Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now recruiters in HR are getting kind of a bad rep because people are like, hey, these people aren't responding or we're not getting response. That's not what's happening, though. When you talk to actual recruiters, they're like, it's not that we don't want to. Re- you think we don't see your emails or, or your application. It's mm-hmm. that we've been giving a specific direction that almost never fits with the role. And then when we present it, it's brought back to us with, but we need this. Like, well, that wasn't given to me in the role. I just I, I think mm. in and a lot of that is because of finances a, a, a lot why did I say finances that way <laughs> finances uh, finances <laughs> I just created a new word like you do with acron <laughs> I, I will never live that down from no an no no man. but it's a good one <laughs> but I think there's so many that uh, I don't know I, I think most of the corporate world is built around fear right now mm. and uh, I'm not saying it's wrong you know no one wants to lose their job no one yeah. wants to fire people but everyone is just kind of in a in a way on edge like i have i work for a company that can't hire enough people right now and i know other people that are just like we're pretty much we know we're gonna get fired because like some companies are just overflowing with work and others are not and people just haven't figured it out yet and it's not a neglect i don't think i think just with the ever-changing thing and i think that it's going to keep changing yeah, I, like, I, like there the, has the, to be an ebb and flow. We're gonna have COVID time. every four years now. I'm not saying COVID is we're, sure. we're gonna have some type of COVID financial work impact every four or five years now. We're just gonna right, and they're waiting for that. I, this tequila thing's amazing. It is very good. <laughs> I, I know. We appreciate okay. you. She found some something new. Maybe this will be your new uh, guest drink. That you Maybe offer. She should come on whenever. Oh. I'm going to turn off her damn phone. Oh, you're fine. Don't worry about oh it. Oh my gosh, no. It was, so, it was very funny. It was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, I want to pivot to your podcast. My podcast? Yeah. What the hell was attached to your Instagram? be cool if i had one actually no, people you're, blo- you're just like traveling blog yeah that's i'm sorry that's what i mean I'm sure sorry. no i mean now you're getting my my thoughts going on a podcast uh <laughs> right a paris podcast no um so yes uh i've also in my transition out of news wanted to you know in news you have to be very um disciplined about oh, yeah. what you can and can't share and whatever, but also I think the whole thing around um, remote work, which I my position right now is remote, and I'm I'm very very grateful for that. Um, but obviously the pandemic I think changed a lot of how we viewed what in what spaces we work the best and and etc. So being able to have um, a remote position, but also my company's based out of Philadelphia, and so whenever I can utilize that airport, mm. which Cleveland Airport's great, but obviously price-wise, a lot of times, you know, being a little closer to um, the Atlantic can help. Uh, so anyway, I, I decided to go on a solo trip to um, France, and that's been part of the travel blogging, if you will, uh, on my Instagram page that I've been focused on. I think almost in a way, 
trying to find other ways to tell stories and do journalism um, in a vertical, if you will, that I uh, am very passionate about. And so for me, that is travel and that is most definitely food. So <laughs> I've been trying to find ways to marry that. And um, you're a good city for that. Yeah, definitely. It's a. Uh, I know you're talking about travel. Like that. That's. I mean, we were talking a little bit about some of the places. Like Cleveland's a very underrated food drink place. Yeah. Um. I. I. I've done a few. Uh, Cleveland food spots on my Instagram, but I, I never wanted that to be my focus focus. Yeah, but the I Arby's agree. on one seventeenth oh, is amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Actually, I, I I I think I've had Arby's once. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, but I, you know what is good on uh, right off of one seventeenth is um, is it Rincon Criollo or no? Which one? What's the one we went to? The Puerto Rican. Oh, sorry. I I have her. I do want to go to Rincon too, but Cleveland Mafongo is up the street. Oh, I've been there. So good. There are too many places to try. I love. That's why I love. That's what I love about it. Yeah, there are. uh, Yeah, Cleveland does have a good food scene, um, and I think that it's a very diverse food scene, which is nice. Oh, I do too. I I mean, Lakewood itself is Lakewood has. Some very good Mexican places, Italian, as Indian, as Asian. I mean, burgers, everything. This, that's why I don't think we'd ever leave. If we stayed in Ohio, I don't think we'd ever leave Lakewood. Really? It'd be tough. I, I really like a lot. That. I, I mean, like a, I mean, if I was, but the only other place that I would live is probably when you go into like a, a the uh, kind of like the Gordon Square area, like down from like yes. The, if you go from X Y Z all the way down to like where Jukebox is, yes, or like that th- that I think that I think that might be the best strip in the city. So yeah, I mean you have Lux, you have uh, Astoria. <laughs> yeah, you have yeah. Astoria, which their brunch is fantastic. I, I had never realized, and and it's so inventive, which I think is fun to see Cleveland places doing spins on traditional things and trying to push the box because that's what these gastronomic focused cities across the U.S. that our larger cities are doing. And so to keep up with that, I think, is important for Clevelanders to do. Yeah. Um, to just expose people to new ways to try something. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I think there's – and I think it's kind of kind of coming to the way where – and for people that want to start new places like that, again, mm-hmm. we go back to the cost of living. Yes. You actually – I'm not, it's not cheap. I'm not saying it's not. But it's still comparatively yes. to a place that's kind of growing – this is a good place to do something like that. And there are little pockets outside of downtown. I mean, you can make the argument, and one that I'm fine to make, that downtown's the worst part of Cleveland. In terms, not that it's bad, but in terms of you, I mean, Ohio City's better. I think Gordon Square's better. Hingetown's better. Tremont's better. Lakewood's better. I, those are the places that I prefer to go to before I go to downtown. Yeah. I mean, there's certain, of to your point, there are some great spots downtown, but like I'd mentioned, I lived downtown for a combined four years and we just moved to Lakewood. And I feel at least in our neighborhood, there's more to walk to oh, yeah. than there was where we were in downtown. There's just more options oh, yeah. around no me right now. No doubt. Um, that's that's not to discount. Like there's some favorite places. I'm, I'm just going to shout out places I love. But Go. there's some favorite places downtown like Noble Beast. Their Noble Beast is the best brewery in the city. And their burger. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Noble Insane. Beast. <clears throat> Noble Beast is the best brewery in the city. And, and I feel like it's, I don't know, maybe – I'm wrong. I feel it's a little slept on, but oh, and they're I, always packed. Don't get me wrong. Noble Beast, but Noble Beast. But I think is, people don't always think of it. So I used to work 
two blocks from Noble Beast when it first opened. Yeah. Um, and we would go there all... Noble Beast has grown by word of mouth. That's mm-hmm. it. People go there like this place, you got to go there. Their beer is amazing. So good. They have... I mean... Their hot sauce is amazing. We it's really good. Their wings are great. Their burgers are great. Their chicken sandwiches are great. They have a foot-long corn dog, which is just classy. <laughs> but it's like a, it's not even a normal corn dog. It's no. like a German sausage corn it's dog. A, like it's a real. Everything, their chef, like, so because it's a brewery, I think people kind of sleep on. Yes. But I mean, I would also put that in the best restaurant kind of realm in Cleveland. They're very, I, I very good. I agree with you. Their food is fantastic. And I'm going to say this wrong. People make fun of me because I... It's I, Akron, for God's sakes. <laughs> In Akron. Um. <laughs> We've covered it so many times. <laughs> but they they have a wing um, that's Funyun? Funyun. Funyun? I can never say Funyun. Funyun? Yeah, like like Funyuns. Like the Funyuns you get at the gas Funyun. station? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we grew up as kids on Funyuns, right? They they do the dust um, as a dry rub, if you will, on their wings. No, no, no. I know it. Okay. I'm... I just can't say I'm struggling that you don't. <laughs> I always like, like to say Like, of all the things young. we've talked about, you're like, I really don't want to fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> you think I have a big Funyun community that's going to come after you? <laughs> Hopefully not. I mean, those were some great... That was a good snack back in the day. No, Funyun, thank you. That's how you pronounce it. Um, all the yeah. things you're like, this is what I really don't want to get I wrong. I know, please, please don't. Uh, don't come for me. Uh, Funyun? Funyun? <laughs> <laughs> they do have. The, I do. I've. Uh, uh, I think they're. I think they're the best. They're, they're yeah, they're great. The best brewery for sure, and they have amazing. I don't know if you're a beer drinker because we. Yes. Have, it's literally the only thing we haven't drank here today. Uh, um, but, I know. Well, except, except for, for my guy, yeah. Um, they do. They have amazing beer. Uh, they're really, really. But yeah, I, I agree in terms of it's being slept on. I think that yeah. it's. Uh, you know, when you come to Cleveland, obviously you think of Great Lakes because everyone knows Great Lakes. People used to know Platform. Um, but there are other ones that I think that, that, uh, I think Bookhouse is fantastic. Yes. I, I really do. I, I think that they're great. Um, I think Four Cities amazing. Yeah. You know, the, the, these are the ones, and you know, this is a town that has 30 breweries within like 15 miles of it. Like, and that's not even a exaggeration. I really yeah. think that there are. Um, so to stand out, mm-hmm. I think is a big thing, but yeah, those ones stand out to me, but they're great. hundred percent. Um. What about just traveling, Jerry? Is there a place that is there a place that you've traveled that people sleep on? Yes. <laughs> what do you What do you think it is? <clears throat> domestically. Okay. What's well, the domestic and international? I'm curious. Uh, so domestically, I would say Rochester. Really? Okay. I have a At weird one obsession. With, I, I know. I didn't know that Dre loved Rochester so much. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Then we've probably had this conversation. Yes. Well, not only is it the gateway to the Finger Lakes, of course, and of course there's Genesee Brewing Company, um, but uh, that is there. Yeah. yeah. We we've we've gone there. Uh, I forgot about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there is a restaurant in Rochester that. Well, there's actually a couple, right? There's uh, I think the famous one is Jeremiah's. Did I get that wrong? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Jeremiah's. They're like. Their buffalo wings are like very well known, etc. Um, but they have amazing mac and cheese. So just putting that out there, and that's been like a staple for decades, right? You know, uh, generations have gone there. But there is a restaurant called Vern's, and it's on one of the main streets near the mansion where um, the guy who invented uh, Kodak, uh, his mansion is there, and it's called Vern's. It is hands down my boyfriend and I's 
favorite restaurant, we have in one day driven four hours to Rochester for dinner and driven home the same day because it is that good. See, that's how you know that you have a good partner. <laughs> because like that, that you can both be like, yeah, we should 100% do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, we we're on the same page about that and what we like. And um, I will say, if you if you ever are going to Rochester and you're like, should I try this place out? Just to give an idea, like what we love about it is number one, the service is just phenomenal. You have when we went to the Finger Lakes, we had, we had to stay in Rochester because there just wasn't uh, enough hotel rooms in the time we were going in the Finger Lakes for the nights we wanted to stay. So we spent two nights in Rochester. We went to we ate in, uh, and then on the way back home, so we ate a total of three times at this restaurant in that one trip. And they gave us sweatshirts. They, they, they were so sweet. And then we came back a year later, and they were like, oh, you're the ones from Cleveland. And then not only that, uh, then I came back another time by myself, maybe another eight months later. And the one of the bartenders who we, we absolutely love, Casey, he was like, Oh, how's Ted? Say hi. I have we have not seen them in eight months. Plus that, you know, year before. So I mean, they just number one like care about people. Their people remember that though. You remember you those do? things, yes. And it makes an impact. Yeah, uh, they have a fantastic bar. They're very into craft cocktailing. They'll chip the ice from a big block in front of you. They oh, they're they're so inventive and cool people who love to just get creative. Um, and so we love that when you can kind of just say, this is what I'm feeling. And, you know, I've been in one place where they chip the ice in front of me on a big block. And I was just like, we're in for a fucking treat. (laughs) Right. You're just like, why is this amazing to me? It's like when I saw that dude make my gyro and peel it off that huge piece of block. I'm like, when you can see the process. Today we are kings. (laughs) Like you, but I, I, in some reason about the ice process, I'm just like, these guys are like, Fuck ice boxes, right. right? I almost wanted them to bring it out with uh, yes. like the I what's why can't I, the forceps <laughs> carry the ice, uh, but it's so cool. And then lastly, the food, just fantastic food. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like tomato pie. It's a Utica thing. No. Okay, so it's essentially focaccia with this seasoned. Um, not tomato sauce. It's like thicker, right? Like a and almost. It's just very fresh, right? I, it's not a bruschetta. It's not a, a pasta sauce that you would put on, or not pasta sauce, but like a pizza sauce, right? It's not exactly that. It's very fresh. And then it's just some uh, flaky salt and herbs, and you bake it all together. Okay. And when I, it sounds so simple, but we will come home with boxes of this stuff. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, so dude, just walk down the stairs, man. (laughs) 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 Lauren took her damn shoes off. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She's like a Navy SEAL on a podcast. Oh, I love it. But yeah, anyway, that's my, that's my long diatribe about ferns because I I think it's just fantastic. But but no, but the, but that's important. Like when, um, like when people visit Cleveland, yes, I think it's important for Clevelanders to know where to tell people where to go. It's mm-hmm. Like, where do, where should I get good pizza? Where should I get good wings? What's a good cocktail bar? What's the best beer? Yes. What's the best brunch? Like, I feel like that's our job to know that shit. And now, if I'm ever in Rochester, 
I, I hope that you will trust it, that recommendation. But I mean, I'll, I'll be like, oh my god, I got to go back and make sure I find that place because right. But I mean, th- those things are important, and everything that you mentioned is important. You know, especially in the time of like, you know, I know restaurants struggle, but yeah. you know, I mean, you you remember the people that kind of like you know do right by you, yes. and then you'll and like like for me and my wife, like we don't go out a lot, but when we do, we make sure we we do it up, and yeah. we're like we're fine. Paying extra for good food and good yes. service and good people, and even the service, I'm I'm lax on. I don't give a shit. Right. If it's like, hey, we're short staffed, I'm like, I don't care. Right. Just you know what? That's if the fine. Food's Thanks on for telling me. You're on, you know, cool. I, right. I'm happy. You know, I really, really am. Well, and it's funny because, uh, as I'm sure, obviously, people who've been to Europe understand this, but I it was my first time in, on main mainland Europe. I'd been to London in college with my mom and sister, but. Taking this recent trip to France was my first time um, in Europe as a adult adult and soaking in what that meant experience wise. And everybody always talks about service, right? And yeah. that it's slower and more lax and whatever. And I think there is that like American expectation of service, but then also like how other cultures view service. Like I agree. Uh, like, they don't have the same urgency. That no. We do. And, and I don't mean that as an insult at no. all. Like they're... they're, they're it's just you different. Because we're all just sitting here all this like, hey, you know what? I don't reach 300 pounds by waiting for food, so let's bring it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, yep. uh, the, most other countries aren't like us in that in that respect. Yeah. Uh, so what is your what, what is your international one? Where like you got to – because there are a lot. Like a friend of mine, Croatia, is actually one for me where they're Ooh. like – it's this – it's a place that's just beautiful that you have yeah. to go to, but it's not – they're like it's on par with the, the Barcelonas and the and the Italy's and the Greece, but it's kind of slept on a little bit. But it's beautiful. Yeah, um, I'm still limited in my uh, you know full deck of of where I've been, but I would say Harbor Island in the Bahamas. Okay, is I'd say Harbor Inn downtown okay. <laughs> <laughs> is. Becoming certainly more well known, um, but but I was fortunate to start going there as a, a young kid with my family, and it is a small island, like no cars allowed, golf carts everywhere. I think it's like three miles long by a mile and a half wide. Okay. Um, pink sands. Uh, that's specifically what's unique to the island. Um, but th- when I tell you, just the the kindest kindest people the it's kind of what you would think paradise means right like i I do know what you mean yeah yeah, and i i i've been to other places in the bahamas they're great all of that but this little sliver of land is quite uh quite literally um an amazing place and actually the whole island revolves around this bakery it's called arthur's bakery and the guy who owns it, Robert Arthur, he he wrote uh, several episodes of MASH. Like he he used to be a TV guy and like was yeah very in in that world. And he decided to move to uh, Harbor Island for um, retirement, if you will. But obviously runs this uh, a yes. bakery. And I I don't know. It's just it's a very calming, uh, awesome place. So I would say like. Depending on what you're looking for, right? Everybody's always looking for something different when they want to go on vacation. But I do think that that's an area that isn't as well known. I would just say to round that out, because I just recently went to Provence, like 
I, I would strong like Paris was amazing. Don't get me wrong, but I would strongly encourage people to go to the south to some of these medieval towns because they're just they're magical. I think those are becoming more that that people like to visit. Yeah, like, I mean, like we think again, like when I mentioned like Barcelona, Spain, amazing, of course, obviously, but there are parts of Spain that are just buried in historical culture that are, and again, not that Barcelona is like a bad place to visit, no. but. There are just different places in different countries. You're like, this is where you need to see. Like, these are yeah. the places that you need to go that the people love so much. Yeah, so. and I, I'm personally a history his, uh, major. And so, like, for me, anything history that is associated with a trip totally makes me happy. So. I completely agree. What do they call it? I don't know. I just – I I don't remember what we were talking about. No, but I – before no no, no, no. We I mean I don't remember what we were talking about before I went to the bathroom and everything's really oh, kind of fun. No, that's okay. Well-traveled. <laughs> That's right. Rochester and... Well, I did want to bring up somewhere, actually. We, yeah. Okay. We're, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, is, yeah, I've been recording for like 20 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Toronto. I, I hear you talk about Toronto a lot. And I've been to Toronto probably 40 times. It's amazing. I I need to go more. I'm actually supposed to go for my, I think, my cousin's bachelorette next in the summer, and that'll be my first time going in warm weather. But okay. we went right before the pandemic. We went in December of uh, 19, and it was fantastic. Like, the food in Toronto... There's no bad food in Toronto. ...is insane. I've had the best ramen of my life there. I've had the best sushi of my life there, like, which is insane. As a, somebody who grew up next to New York, like... I've had really good well, that's food, a, but you know, but, but Toronto wow. is like New York. It's just not gross. That's I, so, look, hey, look, I, and I love New York. I've been there ten times. They have great food, great places. But let's not fucking fuck around. There's trash all over New York. You know, Toronto is just like that. It's a large place. It's very diverse. There's a lot of different cultures, and it's amazing. There's a lot of different types of places. A lot of different types of food. Yeah. Shopping's amazing. It's great. But it's not gross. <laughs> like, like so I've I've turned down yeah. New York streets. I'm just like, fuck happened here? <laughs> Which is actually, I need to get off my high horse on this because number one, the smell of trash in New York used to be the perfume of New York, right? In the best way possible yeah. for me. Like, I love New York. I I it literally it comes out my pores how much I love New York. Like they it, it's a great city and I don't care what the smell is. However, in my older age, I have started to, and it's a really interesting thing that now I go back to New York and I'm like, wait a minute, there is a smell. Like, what is this? And I will, I, and I know I'm going to get some hate on this because I, I honestly need to go back to Toronto for the reason you're saying, because when I went, maybe because it was winter and you know, the snow was turning black and there was, I saw trash everywhere. And it, I, I was just shocked because everybody was saying how clean of a city it is. So I do want to give it many other tra- chances. Oh, yeah, I can't do. wait to go back. I just was surprised. Um, but I think, again, that's probably just any city in the winter is a little dirtier than. I'm sure it's harder, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I and would it, definitely. And not that it was New York level. Yeah. I will absolutely say that. It Fucking was not New York, New York level. level. But I was like, Toronto's this is not pristine. Great, honestly, and I would even say Montreal is better. I really want to go to Montreal, Montreal, and I really want to go to Quebec City. I got about five or six Montreal trips. They're uh, some of the best meals I've ever had in my life were in Montreal. Really? Uh, yeah. But the only thing, and and you, but you're you know you're a Midwest person. You're you're from around here. Eh. The thing you got to well, you lived here long enough. Where <laughs> yes. yeah, I, 
I, I, I love Cleveland. I definitely yeah. own it. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't get as much snow, but it is fucking cold. Montreal. <laughs> Holy shit, yes. My two cold, the two coldest places I've ever been were Boston and Montreal. Wow. They don't have as much snow, but it is really cold there. I went to Montreal in February and I just kept ducking into just restaurants and bars. Just well, I was also thirsty. But I also like because it was just so cold I couldn't take it. Is it's it a really, wind chill thing too? Or it's, it's both. just it's both. Okay. Wind chill in Boston for sure. Yeah. Boston for whatever reason has like these buildings set up perfectly where the wind chill just hits you right it's in like the goddamn tunnel. face. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but Montreal was probably even colder. Wow, that's good to know. I have heard, you know, obviously it's it's beautiful in the warm months oh, and they yeah. have the jazz festival and Amazing. would love to go to that. So yeah, Montreal is up there and then, you know, Quebec City being the only walled city left in North America, I think yeah. is so cool. Uh, so that's definitely high on the list. And um, if we're going all the way into Canada, like definitely want to do Labrador, Nova mm. Scotia, like that whole thing. Yes. So also cool. dress warm. Uh, yes. <laughs> but if we're t- talking a little closer, um, I'm sure you've done Niagara on the Lake oh, yeah. a few times. And I think those wineries are just fantastic. In I, such I a agree. beautiful area. The so. good thing about like, like places like, well, also like you go back to Toronto. From here, it's a four and a half hour drive. It's nothing. It's so it, it, it's, it's so the easy. same distance as going to Chicago. Yes. It's nothing. Well, isn't Chicago six hours? If you drive the way you clearly do. <laughs> I'm from Jersey. You know I drive kind of crazy. Or incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. The only thing that can trip you up in Toronto is like a, the, the border can be a little. Yeah. You're not sure how crowded it's going to be, but it's not a far drive. No. In fact, it's. Yeah, I'd prefer that than, than flying. It's just way easier. Yeah. And then you can go explore a little more outside yeah. of. And I think that, isn't it Katz's Deli, their sister deli is in Toronto, I believe, as oh, well. Oh, actually, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think, yeah, I think cool. it is. So. Yeah, I've never had bad meals in Toronto. It's it, that place is great. Yeah, they have, they also have uh, the largest television screen I've ever seen in a sports bar. It's like a hundred feet. It's right by the. Uh, it's right by the where where the Raptors play. I can't remember the name of the the the, uh, the center, but okay. there's a bar right next to it. It has like a hundred foot uh, screen where wow. everybody is. And also, cool. like Toronto, it's Canada. They don't care about sports as much as we do, unless it's hockey. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, like in most sports, they don't, they don't give a shit. They don't really. It's just fun, whatever. Hockey, Hockey it's fucking is lifeblood. I mean, yeah, they don't play around up there. Like, no. I remember the last time I was in Toronto, long time ago, was right after the, uh, uh, there were like riots in Vancouver after the, uh, uh, the Stanley Cup, and they asked everyone in like different. Toronto and Montreal, like, yeah, it's terrible. They're terrible. And like, what if the Maple Leafs were like, oh, we tear this fucking city down? Hockey's wow. different up there. It's very, everything else, they don't care. Hockey's different. That's so crazy. Yeah, they're wild people. Okay. They're I mean, also- I'd love to see a game up there because obviously I'm sure it's, it's infectious, amazing. the energy, and, you know, obviously they play at, at a great level, but um, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Okay. Well, Toronto's back on the list. Absolutely. All right. Uh, but coldest place I've ever been was uh, International Falls, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota Ooh. is Minnesota is like what the equator is for cold. <laughs> like when people are like the equator, it's like middle hot. No, fuck no. That. <laughs> Minnesota is what is if the equator was where all the cold shit was. Yeah, it gets like <laughs> negative forty in Minnesota. Eight, eight. What do they say? It's the coldest. 
called America's Icebox. America's Icebox is what yeah, they call or that shit town. box, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to live in a place that's fucking cold? It is so cold though. Like, and we we have you ever driven on a lake? Yeah, that was cool. That was the it's first cool time. and also just like should I be doing this? Right. <laughs> And they're just like, hey, do it, you fucking hoser. Well, and I, I mean, if the government says it's safe, I'm like, I guess I'll try Oh, well, yeah, they know better. I don't know. If the, or the, not the government. Well, I guess, yeah, it's the National Park Service. They're like, yeah, it's frozen enough. Yeah. Like, okay. It's not the government. It's oh. like some high school grad from Minnesota. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Safe. Go for it. Oh, man. But yeah, there's some good spots uh, in the north. I, I like cold travel. It's fun. I don't mind it. I yeah. really don't. It's a, it's, 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 it's uh and I think it's also just, you know, growing up here, you don't, I don't know, like I can cope with being cold. Right. Um, but also like, you know, like when when those nutbags that live in like super South Florida are like, like you ever been to like, like a place that's like 115 degrees? You know, you guys are idiots. Oh my gosh. But they think the same thing when it's like, you know, four degrees here and we're just walking to get coffee. Right. It's normal. Your body adapts. Yeah, it does. But yeah, yeah I, I, I actually have never been to Vegas. It's kind of crazy. Oh, really? I don't care. Okay. Well, then, fantastic. But I just, I just don't. I, I keep don't. thinking about the 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 heat there. Oh yeah, yeah. And what pe- I've heard, you know, and even though it's dry heat, just that that massive. It's one of the. I don't know. Vegas is. A, no one's been ever to convince me that that's a place I should go. <sighs> Same people have told me like, oh, like yeah, you can it's gamble great all go, day, but like, nobody's gamble, given me care. enough to. Yeah. No, they're like yeah. you can drink all day. I'm like, should I? <laughs> I can do that here. I just don't because True. it's a bad idea. Well, if you like breweries, which I've I've gathered you do, Love them. Fargo has some great ones if you ever want to go out to North Dakota. I do because okay. I've heard they're great. Yeah. Uh, Asheville, I think, is the best. I want to go to Asheville. That's where we got COVID. Yeah. Oh. Real sexy story there from the Burdens. <laughs> we were, uh, we were, we'd never gotten COVID. We got all of our shots and boosters, everything. Yeah. We were heading to Asheville. This is when, uh, uh, Jesus, like th- this is really what happened. Like, so my, uh, um, we were in Ash- uh, Asheville, and uh, we were heading to Florida because that's where my my wife's parents lived. Okay, and uh, we didn't get very very far because my wife was just like, I'm not feeling really good, and I'm like, God damn it, she was pregnant. Yeah. So, and she was like, so she, fortunately we were in the South, so there was COVID tests everywhere <laughs> because they're like, it ain't real. <laughs> so <laughs> we took like five tests and oh, yeah. Oh, no, that sucks. We had to, we I can't had to, imagine being pregnant and sick like that. Well, and it was, you know, it, it was, the plan was we were going to go down to Florida and we were going to tell, we are going to tell our parents in, in person. Oh. And we couldn't. Oh, so we had uh, we ended up doing rough. it via we ended up doing it via like uh, Zoom because we just had to, yeah. and they ended up moving back. It was fun, but yeah, that was when we got COVID. Wow! So we basically drove eight hours to drink beer for like a couple of days, and I was like, well, we might as well head home, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and what we, else never, is we there had the dogs do? with us. We were in an Airbnb. And we're like, we can't go, wow. you know, because our parents are older. And her yeah, no, so you don't like, want to put them we, at we risk. Can't we had to call them and be like, hey, we can't come. But I mean, it wasn't even, we had like a mild cold for a day and a half, both of us. It was nothing. Okay. All right. Well. But Asheville I'm is glad you all didn't Bruce. have bad symptoms, obviously. No, oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Asheville, yes, definitely on the list. And I think uh, the Biltmore is in Asheville, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to go see that. I, I did, um, as far as I guess old mansions go, American Mansions, uh, Rhode Island was just 
Really, really cool. I, that, and that's an that's a state that I think people are like. I don't know why people more people don't go there. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful place. The beat the I I love a rocky cold beach. Like no. I love that. You know, uh, I'm not gonna go into the Taylor Swift uh, snow snow on the beach. Is that the song? Uh, Last Great American Dynasty. No, there's also Snow on the Beach from the the her newest album. But anyway, I I love that of like, you know, something that people usually think should be enjoyed in the summer. Like I I I love how beautiful it can be, you know, in yeah. different seasons and so that but also um, you know, just great for seafood. I don't know if you're a big seafood person. Huge, yes. But uh, and I had gone to this one restaurant when I first got to Rhode Island. Uh, this was kind of a trip I did after my grandma passed to kind of just recenter myself, but um, I, I was alone for half of it, and they were growing uh, oysters, and uh, it was just specifically for this uh, restaurant. They were, I guess, breeding oysters. I don't know the exact term, but it was fantastic. I, I can't wait to go back. I'm a big oy- I love anything raw. I love crabs. I love a, a lot of shellfish. Same. I am too. I, uh, I'm a, I, I like oysters. I like clams. I like yes. lobster. I like all that stuff. My wife's my wife, I can't get her oysters. I understand they're they're an acquired taste. You like them? Oh, they are. Them. Yeah. It took me. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. But what do you like with your oysters? Depending on so I I do like uh some hot sauce for sure. Yes. Um. Also, there's some places they'll give you like certain kind of cheeses you put on top of it too. Cheese. It's weird, but yeah, in Toronto there actually is a really good on a raw oyster. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a uh, the, the the different season, one of them is like a cheese. Whoa! Not like a fucking slap of like crap, and not like you know, not like Velveeta. <laughs> not like cheese whiz, like a yeah. <laughs> not like a craft single. Oh, like some shredded, but uh, hot sauce for sure. Okay, hot okay. sauce for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess if it's the right cheese, that sounds great. And then yeah, I'm a horseradish. Like. Oh yeah, oh yeah, horseradish go on most things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you like spicy, I've got I do, yes. That's good. That's I do. Good. Yeah, not like in a competitive eating where I want to feel like I earned my food, but I do like a little bit of spice. I'm so cool you wouldn't do hot ones? Fuck that. <laughs> I just, I mean, I guess I would, but mm-hmm. it's like, I'm trying to enjoy myself too. I get it. I get like, it. Like, I don't want to have like a wing and be like, holy crap. Yeah. No, what a you terrible experience. <laughs> I, I, I still want to like a hot wing. Yep. No. I Didn't they just uh, take the ghost chip? Off the shelves, they fucking should. Yeah, that was quite frankly, that's turning dangerous. into a thing that people. Yeah, that they're people are like putting like those in other people's like like full bags of chips <gasps> as a joke. Stop and watching people like that's horrifying. That's terrible. Yes, it is. People suck. Oof. Yeah. You know who doesn't suck? Who you? <laughs> Thank you. You've been fucking awesome. I appreciate that. I've had so much fun here Me. today talking to you about just literally fucking anything. <laughs> Me too. And I was course, so nervous. I love that you brought the you know the left side of your family to <laughs> you know and talk about <laughs> these things. But yes. this is this is exactly why you know, we we joked around about this and talked about this. This is why I like doing stuff like this. Yeah, be able to like meet and hang out with different cool people that maybe I wouldn't have come across. And now that we're best friends. That, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this I'm is, so excited to this is a new bond. To Rochester, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Seriously. I can't wait <laughs> for you to all report of our families, back. All I, of our families will get together. We'll all go to Rochester. We'll, together. We're going to make this a coordinated trip. Hell yes. uh, but no, thank you for, for making me feel so comfortable. For this, sure. This well, I'm glad you're well. It didn't, it wasn't very hard for you. You're easy to talk to. <laughs> thank you. Thank well, you. Well, where can everybody find you? 
Uh, Instagram, uh, Alex Stokes TV is my handle. I, I still haven't given up the TV part. Um, Keep it, I like it. <laughs> and, um, and and on LinkedIn, I've been uh, sharing some of my more recent work with uh, my PR in my PR work. So that's been uh, great. If anybody's looking for any advice there, I mean, you know, I've definitely talked to people who are either in journalism and just curious about what's on the other side, but also um, you know, people who still want to get into journalism. And, and I think there is still a need for that. And I'm excited for the people who have that passion for it. So, um, I try to encourage, I guess, a myriad of different audiences and, uh, everything from those, but then also the travel and, and seeing the world and trying new things. So I hope that I can uh, open somebody up to a new experience, maybe that they haven't tried before just to. I'm sure you do. I think, I think more now than ever, people are kind of looking for guidance and some of those things. I think to be able to provide that for, to one person is a huge, huge accomplishment. So I uh, love that you do that. I love that you came here and it was awesome meeting you. You too, Joe. Thank you so much. So that's it. Uh, I don't remember. No, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to release this, but, uh, uh, flight Cleveland live show. We're going to do trivia, Ken Schneck, me, uh and uh uh Lisa Quine um if anyone doesn't know Lisa from uh uh also from Cleveland scene uh, an amazing artist and uh Lindsay from Flight is also we're going to do a lot of trivia hand out a lot of uh different uh different things a lot of different uh uh places in the city have already donated things to give like uh Society Lounge, Rosie's Wine House so uh awesome. uh come it'll be a lot of fun um Ken and I again Ken's the only person I do live shows with, so I really hope that you guys can come. Uh, we're selling tickets now, so check out the event part that I'm posting, and that's it. You're the best. Thank you. So are you. Looking right. forward to that. All right. Thanks. <laughs>